Hello, everyone. I'm Father Alexander Har. And I'm David Marshall. Great and to have this, you on the show today. And this is a bridge between, right? It is a bridge between. And we're going to be bridging a bunch of things besides our friendship, uh, but a bridge between us and God, which some people would call prayer. Ah, yes. I think that we we would call it that. And remember that we did have a conversation about prayer last week, and we said there's so much to cover in the entire history of Christianity and practice with prayer that you don't need like 25 minutes on that. You need at least another 25. Oh, at least. I think we're going to be on prayer for a while, although next week we're going to be talking about uh, mending your soul after a loss, and not your soul. Mending well, one soul. Well, no, we actually might be talking about your soul. Come could to be mine. It and, could be and, yours. Could be but, mine. But where are we going to be talking about that first? Uh, we will first be talking about that at our diocesan convention. Right. So for those of you who uh, don't know or may not be aware or are following us from a distance, um, we're two priests in the Episcopal Diocese of Southwest Florida, and our diocesan convention is the 6th and 7th, correct? It is. Right. Yeah. And so... Right. Yeah. That six, which is the Friday, we're going to be leading a workshop on soul mending after a loss and uh, talking about some traumas and things that perhaps we've been through over the last couple of years. Of course, COVID was one of those big traumas. Mm -hmm. And what happens when, you know, you've called church insurance, you've started to rebuild things, but there's still some hurt and some trauma going on. Um, and you recognize that in yourself and in your congregation. So how do we handle that? How do we handle that? There are ways to do it. So we'll be talking about that at the workshop. Yep. And for those that listen, except for your mom and my mom, uh, you guys are welcome to go. And uh, I mean, our parents are welcome to. Yeah, they can go. But then um, but then we'll talk about it more on this show uh, next week. But for this week, we have prayer. Mm -hmm. And thank you for all the feedback and all the mail that we've received, especially for the one who wrote a comment and put it on uh, 12 dozen brownies and send it to... Okay, it hasn't happened yet, but um, I'm just keep waiting. It'd be great. And I'm sorry to bring up brownies. Uh, the Andahar family had a rough experience mm. with brownies and a dog, so I... Yeah, not let's bring not... It up. Uh, let's, let's not relive that. Let's just kind of move no. on and, just and talk on. about... Let's just, let's just talk, <laughs> talk about prayer. And, you know, last time we talked about what, what is prayer and the nature of prayer, but this week right. um, we're going to answer a question and then we'll tell yep. a couple of stories of encounters we've had with prayer that have been powerful. So what was the question that we were asked? So in our mailbag, uh, I got a question about praying to the saints. Mm. Uh, this particular person was raised in a Christian tradition uh, where they pray to the saints, where they have figures of them and they say saints directly, prayers directly to that particular saint. Uh, and they wanted to know, at least within the Episcopal Church, within our Anglican tradition, mm -hmm. uh, if that is something that we do. So how do you handle that? Uh, question, Alex? Well, I think you have to uh, handle that from a couple different angles. Uh, I usually start pastorally and kind of work my way to theologically. Uh, but something I want to highlight is that if this person was raised in a big C Catholic tradition, uh, such as the Roman Catholic tradition, I still remember from my catechesis days that they would say, Romans and such do not pray to saints. That's not what it's supposed to be. It is praying alongside um, the saints. In the Episcopal tradition, I think we're a little bit clearer um, because of that wonderful Protestant streak that we have, right. Um, right. where uh, one of the things that uh, I was, was taught as I came into the Episcopal Church is that all of the saints in history, those who are known 
and those who are unknown, right? Because there are saints who are known just to God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And that we are all part of what's called the communion of saints. And that when we pray, the the saints in light pray alongside us. Uh, Death does not separate us um, from being in communion with one another in such a way that those who have gone before us uh, pray for us. But the important thing is we have one intercessor, we have one mediator, we have one advocate, and that's Jesus. And so while we pray with the saints, we only pray to Jesus. Um, the, the other part of this, which I think um, has a lot to do with culture and experience, especially from different parts of the world and different uh, things that we identify with, there's various saints, you know, so we can kind of talk about St. Francis, who's going to be coming up this Wednesday. I'm a Franciscan friar. You know, I look to St. Francis's example of humility and poverty and how he wanted to model himself after Jesus. And I say, well, I, I want to learn how did he do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not praying to him. I'm praying alongside him and his prayers. This can get a little out of hand because there are some people who are like, oh, you know, pray to this saint to help sell your house. Yes. Oh, or I've done pray that. to this particular saint to do a certain thing. And that's when I tell people... I'm, you know, I'm sure I've done that too. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I tell people, you know, kind of like rein it in just a little bit right. on that and just to recognize yeah. the, 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 the true power always lies with Jesus. So I'm looking for my Peter uh, statue and uh, I believe I have it in the sacristy, which is in the church. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, we had a house in Shoreline in North Seattle that wasn't selling. And so we bought that. We prayed to St. Peter. We um, we buried him upside down facing the house. There you go. You know, apparently that matters. And um, yeah, I mean, within 48 hours, I, Christy could tell you more. Uh, but um, we had an offer, and it was actually the offer that, that held. Um, so we dug him up and have held on to him since then. So um, yeah. yeah, sorry, Peter. I, I, I guess he's not hanging out in my office. Um, I have, speaking of Peter, um, I have had parishioners who, like, particularly we had a guy, Ed, um, who left his sunglasses somewhere. And I said, Peter, can you help me find the glasses? And um, sure enough, uh, we found them quickly. And so, and I know that that's attributed to St. Anthony, um, but my mom started a bookstore named St. Anthony's Bookshelf. And so I think of St. Anthony as being the patron saint of retail. Um, and so not necessarily finding things, right. but who knows, right? Um, and also I've heard that St. Andrew helps find things too. I, you know, um, and is that a prayer or is that just a conversation that we're having with, uh, with one of the great people of the church? Well, I think Wonder. it's, it, when we talk about prayer, I think it's inviting somebody into the conversation alongside our prayer with Jesus. And and this is where I think it's important when I talked about kind of culturally and certain issues or themes, you know, there's patron saints of pretty much everything. Um, there's patron saints of music, right. of certain diseases and conditions, mm-hmm. um, oh, yes. you know, all, all manner of things. And right. really, um, I love to teach young people about this because it helps them to see that there are people of all shapes and sizes and ages and conditions and ethnicities and types and places in history mm-hmm. that lived very similarly to them in many ways. Yeah. Um, I, I love to read about um, the saints. In fact, when we do our Wednesday morning healing Eucharist, I always try 
to have a little bit about the saint whom we are remembering that day. Um, you know, in our parish here, we don't actually have any visual images of saints, and I think that's mostly because we're probably not comfortable with that as some other parishes might be, um, right. and I respect that. But at the same time, um, if we were to put one up, I would say, well, you put up pictures of your family. The saints are our Christian family. Mm-hmm. So the church you serve is named St. Vincent, and mm-hmm. the church I serve is called All Angels. And yep. so we have angels everywhere, <laughs> Oh, yeah. as you would yes. imagine, yeah. right? Everywhere. Um, and we even have this large one with the fountain in front of it. So, um, But you have no Vincents. So actually, it's actually, I, I kind of made a mistake on something. We uh, renovated our chapel about a year and a half ago to, and call it the Martha and Mary Chapel. Oh, right. <clears throat> in honor of the women of our parish, some of whom are Marthas and some of whom are Marys. It's okay to be either one. Um, and so we have a beautiful portrait painting of Martha and Mary. St. Vincent, uh, we usually get confused with St. Vincent de Paul, which we're not. We're St. Vincent of Saragossa. Uh, who was a deacon who was martyred. And one of the jokes that um, we kind of like to tell is that he stayed, but the bishop of that diocese skedaddled and left him there, and he was the one who stayed faithful and was martyred. And so that's Vincent of where? Saragossa. Saragossa, all right. Mm -hmm. So if I knew a Vinny in Sarasota, that's probably not the same... Um, no, don't. I wouldn't ask. No. I would ask you to not hang his picture up in the church. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got a nice church here. How about you hang? Anyway, so uh, we have angels everywhere. Do we pray to angels? No. Um, no. That scripture, uh, there's actually a really interesting story in the book of Revelation of where uh, an angel appears to John and he falls down to worship it. And the angel says, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do you that. Worship me. Nope. Yeah. Um, worship the one that sent me. So. Um, that is, in, in a nutshell, our Protestant uh, view of saints is that we, we worship the one who the saints are pointing to. So in their life, in all the various ways and means that they, uh, that they worship the Lord, that they are pointing and we follow that, that direction. At the same time, I don't think, I hope it's not a heresy that I occasionally ask for a saint to help me find stuff or that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a little further than that. I had a really interesting experience today. Um, and I may have mentioned her before. Her name's Teddy. Uh, and it's actually, I told a story, a similar story today to a different person about uh, Teddy. And she uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. But Teddy taught me a whole bunch about prayer and a, uh, about the faithful life. And mm-hmm. that one of the things that she kept talking about was how we have the power, how we've been given authority, how we have in prayer, all of these things that are disposable and that we should be using it. And in particular, using Jesus's name um, to ward off things that we think might be coming at us or with us. And so I, I had one of those feelings and I thought this would be the time where I would simply call Teddy and say, uh, I need some prayer. And I thought, you know, if Teddy were a saint, uh, that (laughs) I would be praying to St. Teddy and uh, there's no way that she would want me to do that. But just by remembering uh, the conversations that Teddy and I had, that actually changed the prayer that I had for that moment uh, mm-hmm. and that I prayed the way that Teddy would pray if she had been on the phone with me. And so um, some might say that uh, Teddy assisted 
in that sense. I think it's me remembering and cherishing our friendship um, and then remembering what she taught me. But some of prayer is that. It's simply a remembering of, um, right. of what God right. has done. And, and, and actually, um, I want to double back on something and then let you know that you've got a perfect segue into the next part of what we're going to talk about, which is always some, some prayer stories. But when we talk about saints, the reason I love um, for people to learn about the saints, especially young people, is that what makes a saint great, I think, is two things, right? Two things. The first one is how flawed they were. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, yeah, God's, the saints were no saints, by yeah, the way. God's, God's glory yeah. is magnified in our, in our weaknesses. Right. And the other part that makes them great is how God transformed them. So that's, to, to me, that w- that's what makes these saints so interesting, so fascinating, such um, examples, is being able to see somebody who is so flawed, but yet be transformed by God. Because if, they, if that can happen to them, whew, man, I'm hoping it happens to me. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and some of these saint stories that we have are, are so deeply embedded in a person who was so sinful or even evil, and then God transforms them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look at St. Paul, you know. Right. Um, you know, one of my favorites, uh, Newton, John Newton, you know, all, all these people who were just transformed by God. But I, I want to touch a little bit and, and delve into the, some stories now of, of prayer. And uh, my story of prayer takes place in my ordination. Uh, hmm. to the priesthood in hmm. 2014. I believe it was 2014, yeah. And um, I, I remember being like just so nervous, just so, so anxious um, about that day because it's one of those things, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if, if you felt the same way or didn't, that you've been working towards this for what seems like forever. Right. And then the day gets there and you're like, now what? Like this is really going <laughs> to happen. Right. And right. as uh, the as the bishop calls all the presbyters, all the the priests forward to lay hands, I remember there was just a great crowd. There were like fifteen priests there, and th- the two things that I remember that were very very powerful for me was feeling everybody's hands. It felt like there was a lightning bolt coming into me, but I also felt the distinct presence of two people. One was uh, my grandmother from Puerto Rico, who had uh, died about uh, 2005, so a good almost decade before. But this is a woman of deep faith. She's the woman who would get up every morning early and say her rosary, go to church faithfully. Um, She wasn't able to attend, obviously, my my ordination because she had, had passed away. But I just felt this person who had been so influential in my spiritual life that she was there. And the other was a friend of mine named uh, Charles, and he was, he was much older than me. Um, he was in his 70s when I was, you know, in my early 30s. And uh, he and I had taught together um, in school when I was a middle school teacher. And I just remember how faithful of a good Catholic he was. He was just such a faithful person, deeply embedded in prayer. And he always had a kind word and a bit of wisdom for me. And um, he died while I was in seminary. Mm. And I couldn't go home to be at his at his funeral. Um, and to this day, I've never been able to find his grave, which is a whole other story. Wow. Um, 
but to feel the presence of those two people distinctly in that moment as if they were watching with the rest of the congregation, um, there was a certain completeness uh, about that moment. That's wonderful. Um, and that prayer is, uh, is powerful. Um, it's one of the few times that the church tells the Holy Spirit what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, make this person a priest. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah it's, um, that's wonderful. I have some stories about that as well, but I, um, but I want to stick with, um, with prayer. And in the sense of um, prayer that intersects into our daily life. And, uh, and I had a friend, his name is Phil, and he was heading into open heart surgery. And uh, he started to repeat two things. He started to pray, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me to still waters. He started reciting Psalm 23, which he didn't even know he knew, um, but he had said it enough that he knew it. Uh, he would say that. He would then say, uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, once he was done with the Lord's Prayer, he would switch back to Psalm 23. When he's, condone, when he's done with Psalm 23, he would go back to the Lord's Prayer. And uh, what he remembers as he's wheeling down uh, the corridor to, get, um, to go into surgery is that this feeling of peace and calm came over him, and he just knew that he was going to be okay. And he asked, am I going to make it through surgery? And the response was, either way, you're with me, you will be fine. And that answer would normally freak him out. But, uh, but because he was in that time of prayer, he realized all will be well. And it was. I mean, he came through surgery just fine. He extended his life uh, in a great way. And um, yeah, so he made it. But um, if, if I can make an argument now for rote prayers, that people make fun of the Episcopal Church or, or point at it by saying, all you guys do is by rote, and you have these fancy written prayers. Again, if I can bring up the Book of Common Prayer, um, you know, that you need to be praying uh, just from your heart and all that. Yeah. Um, at that yeah. time, Phil didn't have anything in his heart but fear. And so what he went to was what he had learned, uh, Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer. He went back to that, and that was the bridge that brought him uh, the peace that he was looking for. And so um, if you look at our churches and you see um, some kids or youth that look as if they are just rotely repeating prayers, which they might be, but they do stick. Right. And... And, and I, want, I thank you for that, because making the case for rote prayers, because I am not going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree with you completely on this. Thank you. Um, but I want to I add a little thing to it, which is, um, have you ever had to learn how to dance? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not talking about, like, dance you lessons, know, yeah. I'm not talking about doing the running man, I mean, like, with another person, you yes. know? And um, one of the things that I remember learning uh, when I was learning how to dance and, you know, the ethnic dances of the Dominican Republic, the merengue, the salsa, that kind of stuff, is you start off with very basic movements. Right. You know, how do your hips go? How do your feet go? How do your knees go? Where do your hands go? And it feels very constraining mm -hmm. at first until you realize that what you're being given is a framework. Okay. You can lean on that framework. And so... Later on, when you begin to have fun and you have some mastery of the basics of dance, then you can kind of go in all different 
directions and, you know, I don't want to hurt myself, so I won't go too far. Um, but I think it's the same with, with prayer. Of course, we need to pray from the heart. We need to just unload to God and tell God whatever's on our mind, whatever's in our heart, on our soul. But it, why not use God's own words to pray? Go to Scripture. Mm-hmm. How, what could be more powerful than repeating Jesus' own words in prayer? I, I mean, I am not saying in any way that what I have suffered is anywhere close to what Jesus suffered. But there are times when I pray, and the words go, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. And I know he hasn't, but to know that I can say those words mm-hmm. and that God is okay with me sharing that feeling and is going to come to me and comfort me is helpful. That's why the Psalms are so important in our tradition. Mm-hmm. The Psalms just have the wide range of emotions that we kind of need to live through and tackle. Um, so. For me, that idea of, of rope prayer, of starting with the basics is so important. And um, I think you and I have talked about the people that we go and bring communion to sometimes who can't, can barely speak yeah. or whose memory is almost all gone. And you go through the liturgy and maybe their loved one is there. And when you get to the Our Father, hmm. they say the Our Father. They're in. They're, they're locked in. It's yep. that framework. They come mm-hmm. back to, to, you know, to that neutral spot. So I, I just think that as we continue to have this conversation uh, uh, about prayer, and I hope that we do continue to have the conversation mm-hmm. about prayer. Oh, we think we will. It is, um, we're going to be sharing different tools. We're going to be sharing different methods of prayer. But going back to what we talked about last week, the most important idea and concept of prayer is that God is the one who initiates the conversation, and God is the one who's always listening. Yes. And it is uh, perhaps the most important conversation you have uh, that day. Is it? It I might be. I think so. Um, And if we can circle back around to the question about the saints, uh, Mm -hmm. if you remember, I brought up Annie Lamott last week and that she believes there's three prayers, the uh, thank you, wow, and help. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to, if you're one who prays to saints, it's usually the third category. It's usually help. Uh, that you're not saying wow to a saint or thank you to a saint. It's usually, we need help with this. Um, and so, right. you know, that's if that's a part of your tradition, then then keep going. Well, and, and here's the thing, I just, just to kind of come back to this, the reason we look in our own family history is to hear stories about how people lived and acted and the mistakes yeah. that they made and to learn from them. And, you know, I think about... Uh, St. Francis, and I really want to preach on him this Sunday. Um, This was a guy who was not a saint. I mean, he was not a saint when he started out. But he hears Jesus say, rebuild my church. Mm -hmm. And he takes it literally. Um, But he ends up helping to rebuild and reform the church in a way that he didn't even realize was going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And do some people believe we need some reform and rebuilding of the church now? I certainly do. I believe, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, also, for those that have the tradition of playing, praying a rosary or having mm-hmm. prayer beads or that type of repetitive prayer, uh, one thing I'm going to invite you to do this week, that if uh, if this is a part of your tradition, um, and also if it's a part of your tradition to do rote prayers like we do in the mm-hmm. Episcopal Church, where we have them printed and we say them, 
Mm-hmm. Um, as your mind wanders while you are praying, pay attention to where your mind is wandering. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times that, especially for those that pray the rosary, that as their mind begins to wander, uh, that that is where the answers from God show up. That that's mm-hmm. the garden or the, the fertile field where God is then speaking. Um, and if we are constantly coming up with new things off the top of our head to say, um, sometimes that doesn't open up the door for us to listen as well, where uh, rote prayers can help open that door for us to hear what God is saying. And so, like, again, my friend Phil, as he was uh, praying the Lord's Prayer, and he had a sense that I will be well, and he said, "Are you gonna? am I going to make it through? Make it through or not, you're with me. All will be well. You know, that it was that type of prayer that opened that door for him to receive that message. And it's that rote prayer that invites us into meditation and eventually mm-hmm. into right. a word that we use called contemplation. contemplation. And that's yes. the deep end of the pool. That is. It's also the St. Francis end of the pool, too. Ah, yes. very good. There you go. Yes. Well, uh, well Dave, um, I can hear that voice that says, it's time to wrap it up, guys. Right, right. Me too. Um, I think we should spend the weekend together. What do you think? I think we should definitely spend the, the okay. weekend together, leading a workshop, um, having yeah. some sandwiches, and seeing what trouble we can get into by switching our name tags. Oh, don't do that. Yes, that would be great. Um, <laughs> we have a 5 p.m. Eucharist that I look forward to that I hope to be mm-hmm. sitting near you, although you're usually up doing something in the altar because you're really important. I, I haven't been asked to do anything, and I'm Sweet. looking forward to just sitting there. I'm always thankful when I'm asked. But when I'm not, I sit and I enjoy the liturgy because I get to hear and watch someone serve us. And that is a gift. Right. Um, And maybe our two churches will be sitting. So when we get seated in alphabetical order, the A's are here and the V's are not there. Uh, But maybe, maybe we'll go full circle and get next to each other. That would be well, great. we can do that thing that you do at, uh, at some parties and just kind of switch the tables up and put our, <gasps> put our centerpiece there. <laughs> My gosh. Let's totally, let's do that. I'll so put, folks, put, next week, we'll report on whether or not we got in trouble at our diocesan convention, but I think we should absolutely mix it up. Yeah, I'll put St. Vincent's in the Minnesota deanery, just to, you know, just to... Yes, <laughs> let's do that. I'll wear your name tag, you'll wear Michelle's, and uh, <laughs> it'll exactly. be fun. Yes. Well, uh, I've very much enjoyed talking about prayer and actually all week thinking about getting to talk to you about prayer. I'm looking forward to that, too. So um, keep the questions coming. Uh, There are a variety of ways you can send them to us. Um, But whatever device you're listening to now, you can reach us that way, too. So uh, if you have questions about prayer or anything you've always wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask, now is the time. And Alex and I will, will tackle it. All right. It's been wonderful to be with all of you. Wonderful to be with you, Dave. And we will catch everybody in the next one. May God bless you and watch over you. Amen. Bye.